Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, you know another podcast Yeah, every week? Someone who listens sends them some fan art or presents or both. Or, you know, at a push, some punters are, like, creating new theme tunes for their favourite podcast. Where's my fucking fan art, please? Where's my, like, vaguely offensive felt-it drawing of me? Where's the picture of me made out of, like, spaghetti shapes? All you do is fucking call up here and moan, you bunch of lazy dickheads. Pull your finger out your ass and get fucking creative. Hello! <laughs> I just started sounding Scottish, like I was from the Highlands there, wasn't I? Hello, you bunch of mental weirdos, sick weirds, rebellious fatties, common slags. <laughs> Welcome back to another Mints Around the Pub. Uh, we're definitely a gang, a rabble over here, and if you don't like that, well, then you're a fucking Tory bastard. As ever, well, actually, since 1985, to be precise, I'm Scotty, and together with my mates, Debbie, Tim, Meyer, and Kat, uh, we're back for what promises to be a show fuller than me at a wedding buffet. <laughs> Why? Why I hear you cry? Well, 40 of you called this week. Are you fucking taking the piss? 40? Fucking hell. I mean, it's feast or famine, Randy, with you lot in it. <laughs> Listen, I'm mentioning this because we love each and every one of you uh, who pick up the blower. And this isn't me saying, please don't call. It's me just saying, if we included all of you, it'd be a seven hour show. And as much as you think this is entertaining and I've got no other better thing to do in my life than fucking trawl through seven hours of fucking speaking to you about the depressing things in life, I do have other things to do. And so does Debbie, Tim, Meyer and Kat. So, um, some people, well, quite a lot of people's calls didn't get used this week. So it's just that, you know, we always know, you know, it's never guaranteed. We always say that. But just to kind of put that in the room, that there will, will be mass disappointment this week. So, without further ado, because there is so much to fucking get on with, Debbie said, listen, no fucking waffling. And I said, Debbie, when do I fucking waffle? And she said, oh, you fucking waffle all the time. So we're falling out. I'm not talking to Debbie anymore. Dickhead anyway, didn't like her in the first place. So... <laughs> Debbie, open up the sack and let's see who's playing silly bollocks this week. 
This is Adam. I've called before, and the reason I'm calling back is because the first time I called onto this podcast, it was because I spoke about douching. Hassan, send me that man's number. I think it's time for him to have a lesson. <laughs> oh, idiots. Hideous, but wonderful. <laughs> what a way to start. I, <laughs> look at this. Technically, if we've got Arts Council funding for this, we could say this was like participatory... I can't even fucking say it. Participatory... Um, uh, whatever the posh word is for people helping each other out. <laughs> Good morning. It's the person with the kind voice. I cooked up, I don't know, bloody moons ago now. Thank you for making such a lovely thing. It's such a comforting thing to listen to. I wanted to bring something to the pub that I've been thinking about for a while. Um, I wanted to talk about polyamory because it's something my partner and I are newly exploring and I'm finding it such a wild ride. It's just such a weird new space to be in that's like terrifying and wonderful in equal measure. It's so, like, incredibly emotionally intense when you've been used to feeling very, like, safe and reliable and kind of boring with your partner in a really comforting way. And it, like, raises old insecurities that you thought you got rid of. But recognising that those are only your own shit to deal with, it's not actually about the situation. And then on the other hand, you have this, like, incredible opportunity to be curious like I've transitioned medically quite a lot whilst in a relationship with my partner and now I have a completely different body to the last time I was like sleeping with other people and I'm able to explore that and allow more like love and general sexiness into my life and that's fun but then there's also the thing of like having the energy and time for these things and and making it something that you actually want not something that's draining or but I don't know I just wanted to hear people's experiences and things that they've had with opening their relationships or being poly or anything like that anyway on other notes I was very glad to hear JRF's COVID-y tones last podcast and I hope they get better soon and I hope the carer is okay because we've not heard from them for ages I hope everyone's okay um sending big hugs to anyone who needs it Take care, everybody. Bye. Well, I said you were a kind voice person the first time you called, but listen, in that roll call of how is everybody, where am I? Yeah, chop liver again, everyone. Oh, Scotty will be fine. Don't worry about her. Anyway, I wrote down quite a few notes because I am a non-monogamous, polyamorous, um, relationship anarchist type person. Oh, yeah, I just said some words there that make me sound very experimental as a person. And you know what? It's highly true. So, first thing is... I think non-monogamy is completely based on open communication. And I think that is a foundation of all bases of um, non-monogamy because it's very difficult to exist in a world which has never shown us the Disney film of non-monogamy. It's never shown us how to navigate. You know what I mean by that? I mean, like, there is not a cultural cliches out there that we can lean on to go, oh, this is how it happens. We haven't seen it enacted in our parents often, usually. And so um, it feels like a dangerous, difficult world. And so open communication and talking, unfortunately, (laughs) because you could talk to the cows come home about it, 
And talking about those feelings and where you're at with those things will, I tell you what, 100% placate those feelings and allow your partner or partners or acquaintances, however you start to describe your circle, to um, be able to respond, react, enact care, make sure that some of those voices in your head are just voices in your head. So there's that. There's also the sort of what I like to call um, polyadmin. <laughs> Which is like Google Docs can be your friends, you know, like making sure that, you know, particularly when you get, if you have a non-monogamy like me, where there are various people who need to be looked at and looked after and cared for, just making sure that there is time in the diary and your diary to be able to go, this is our time, this is time where we're going to be with each other and do some things. I think quite often in non-monogamy, a thing that comes up, which is the J word, jealousy. Now, this has been something that I've learned how to lean into. And I talked about this a lot with my friends because my friends are often in spaces of reconsidering their relationship set up, etc. And they often say to me, don't you get jealous? And the only way I can ever respond to this is being like, why is it that jealousy is an emotion we run away from? You know, we don't ever say oh, I'm feeling sexy. I must sort that out. That's a terrible thing. I think jealousy can inform really exciting conversations because what is behind jealousy is, please, could I have a bit of that? And one thing that really helped me understand jealousy within um, my relationship at the time about couple of years ago and when I was kind of navigating a partner that was very deeply jealous was my therapist said to me, why don't you tell your partner that you and him make a shade. You both have your colour and we come together and our relationship makes a shade. So when I am with somebody else, they're a different colour and so we therefore we make a different shade. So this relationship's being comparable or somebody else coming along and being better, that's just capitalism, right? That's just like the free market telling us it's a competition, we must win. When really the queer approach is there is space for us all. I'm actually very profound... <laughs> And the other thing I'd like to leave on is I think because polyamory has become like a word of the moment, people think it's either monogamy or polyamory. And I just want to encourage people to know that there are other ways. There's non-monogamy, there's monogamish, there's polyamory, there's polyamorish, there's relationship anarchy. Now, I don't want to describe all of these things now. I'm going to open them up to the room because like you say, you want to know other people's situations. So if you want to join in on this conversation, all you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to plus four four seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Oh, this is going to be exciting. Maybe I've got it all wrong. <laughs> Chance to be a fun thing. Hello, Scotty, Maya, producer Deb, Tim and Kat. It's Miri. I haven't submitted a uh, voice note for ages and ages and ages. Last time I was super heartbroken, thought I'd never feel okay again. And I promised I would come back when I had ridiculous stories about being single. Here I am. Went to a house party. Actually, a guy I was sleeping with brought me to a party. And um, I was having a really nice time. Some drinks had been had and someone, a lovely woman, was very interested in me. And I was like, cool, fine, loving this. And then she was like, oh, can I kiss you? I was like, yeah, okay. And then it emerges that she's got a boyfriend. So I was like, fine, is this okay with your boyfriend? And she said, yeah, 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 it's fine. I was like, okay, whatever. And then... um later she she's like oh do you want to uh do you want to go upstairs i was like 
you sure that's okay with your boyfriend? She was like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I was like, okay. So I went upstairs, like, we fooled around. And then she proceeds to spend the rest of the party arguing with her boyfriend, who is at the party, um, who is not fine with it. I felt really bad. I was like, oh, my God, I've broken them up. But my friends were reminding me that, actually, I tried to have a conversation about consent, and what she told me was not truthful. So it's not my fault. But, yeah, big dramas. No. That's an exciting one. I mean, I say exciting, not exciting for you in that moment because also cringe. Because no matter how your friends are completely correct, you wanted a conversation about boundaries and somebody lied to you and you can only do with the information that you are given, particularly when you are in a position of trust and you're at a house party and you're thinking this must be a good person because the reason why they're here is because they're a friend of my friend and my friend's got great taste but you know people are people aren't they at the end of the day and also in defense of this other person they might have thought the boundaries were okay but jealousy see how I'm linking back to the last call jealousy might have fled up for that person that they were having an argument with so it's very complex but Do you have anything to hold within that? Do you fuck? You had a lovely time. And in your own words, you fooled around. And do you know what? Simple pleasures for very complex times. Enjoy yourself, please. Hi, Scotty and Debbie and Tim and Maya and Kat. I'm a relatively new listener. And so obviously a first time caller. Uh, Name is Lisa. I'm calling about coming out later in life. This year, at the tender age of 44... I realise that I am non-binary, so go by they, them. I am uh, asexual and aromantic. So, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I have told a mm, two or three people that need to know, that I know that will understand, that will get it, and nobody else. I don't know if I'll tell anybody else in the future. If I feel like I can and they need to know, then that's fine. It does suck that a lot of people will still call you miss and ma'am. Actually, I hate miss more than anything because I'm, well, I'm now 45 and I'm not 12, so don't call me miss. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the reason it took so long for me to figure it out was because I don't have any dysmorphia with my body. And I do believe that uh, my child, now adult child, being trans uh, helped me a lot because I went into and dove into a lot of that to understand them more. I guess the only advice I can give after someone who's only been a they, them for mm, 10 months (laughs) is uh, tell who you think you can trust, tell who you think really needs to know, and um, you will change how you feel about things from week to week, if not day to day, because it's difficult to not question yourself. So signing off from Australia. Loved the show, by the way. Liked it so much that I um, joined the Patreon. Bye. 
So, oh, look at that. A call from the other side of the world. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. So lovely. A relatively new listener, first time caller, RNLFC. And you've got other letters which are more than welcome in this space. I just want to put that out there. More than welcome. NB, AS and AR. Um, I love this chat about coming out later and how to navigate that. And I think what you've offered the pub about, you know, tell those who you trust. I think it's really important, you know, like I said last week, there is this weird pressure that you have to tell everyone and hold everything and get fucking the progress flag tattooed on your arm. And I mean, if you want to do that, hon, you feel free. But sometimes you can't hold everything for everybody. So thank you so much for joining. And also thank you so much for joining the Patreon. I'll do a little shout out for that later on. But you know, helping contribute to the Patreon means that we can um, keep the lights on and uh, you get access to see what I write in my notebook about you all. <laughs> right. I hope you come back to tell us more, particularly about um, learning through your challenge child as well. Because I love that direction of travel. I think often within the communities that we exist in, we think that knowledge is given down to us by our elders. But actually, I'm increasingly, the older I get, the more that I am inspired and encouraged by younger people. So if you've got any stories about that that you can share, we'd love to hear them. Hi Scotty and friends and everybody in the room. So I've just listened to this week's podcast and wanted to chuck in my two cents about gender. So I've kind of been thinking about my own gender as well. for a while on and off to be honest. Like uh, when I was kind of in my mid to late teens I remember dressing up in a boyfriend's clothes and putting a sock down my trousers like um just to see how it felt and to try and figure something out but it turns out I didn't feel like that was quite the right presentation like it was okay it was fun but I, I didn't feel like I had to show up as a man everywhere uh, but then I was explaining to my friend that when people call me she her and view me as a girl I imagine it in my head as how you might call a drag queen she, like that there's an awareness that it's a fun performance. But then how I actually feel about my gender is just like a a blank slate, I would say at the moment. It's just a nothing. And I'm thinking about, you know, who do I need to tell? Who do I not need to tell? I told some people, some people took it really well, others not very well. So now I'm just don't know a bit like a military policy <laughs> don't ask don't tell <laughs> and then I just wanted to say Hassan's poo story oh my Christ I, I much appreciated that poo story you definitely win all the awards <laughs> I totally agree I absolutely I've dined out oh god that's the wrong it's <laughs> the wrong use of words for Hassan's story but if you haven't heard it listeners go back to the end of last week's episode and you are in for a four minute treat <laughs> um I love this gender chat that we're having because of course as last week I disclosed about where I'm at with those things I think I feel in a sort of similar space to you lovely person where blank slate feels like a beautiful analogy for perhaps, and I, I'm, I might be putting words on top of you here, but like gender indifference, gender ambiguous. I quite like the effeminization, you know, like, so certain groups of my friends will only refer to me as she, her. 
which is camp. Do you know what I mean? It comes from a very long tradition, a sort of queer tradition of trying to pass, comes from the Polari language. Um, also about feminization. It shouldn't be something that we think is wrong because that's just internalised misogyny. But I understand that pronouning is really important for people. But for me, as I said last week, and evidently that what you're saying, it's like, it feels slightly peculiar. But yeah, blank slate genderism. Mm, I'm hoping this conversation is going to unravel more over the next few weeks. Are you Scotty love? It's that JRF here. Are you producer Deb? Are you Tim? Are you Kat? Are you Maya? And hello, the rest of the ATT crew. I was out in the garden today. I know. Calling me Charlie Dimmocks, I tell you. My Dimmocks were flying everywhere. But yeah, I'm preparing the um, the flower bed to plant some bulbs. Dead excited. This is what happens when you're 39. So, in the real life, IRL, after the Tone podcast, would be amazing. Could you imagine getting together and having a chippy tea? Do you know, actually, it would be too controversial. And we need uh, somebody to edit us as we're talking. I know I would. And what else? Oh, rituals. Now, rituals. My favourite ritual, and I do it for my grand's birthday and the day that she died, to commemorate her, I always watch the New Year's Day concert, because I keep it um, on the iPlayer, and I watch um, The Sound of Music, which was her favourite musical. And then her favourite cake was a Black Forest Gatto. So I have a Black Forest Gatto and I think I'm a granny. As always, love the episode and all these lovely bloggers that keep calling. Yeah, I might have a look in the the sheet music and have a and see what I can uh, perform for the end of uh, this series. Account uh, something very brave and uh, very beautiful. I'm sure. Any road, love and light. God bless, sweethearts, and a big kiss from that Jeriff. Oh my God, amazing. Oh, I love it when Nana's in the room. Oh, it's so lovely, isn't it? Bless her. And yeah, you better fucking get that sheet music out for the end of season talent show. Lovely plug there. Listen, if you ain't put a fucking word in for the talent show, then we can't be mates. Not you, JRF. I'm talking to the rest of the room. I know you. Oh my God, we won't have to coerce you to do a turn. You love doing a turn, love. And don't we love it too? Charlie Dimmicks, I'm glad she's back on the telly. Now, if you are listening to this outside the UK, Charlie Dimmicks was a sort of a pr- very prolific television gardener who's, when I say prolific, I don't mean as in she was very famous. I mean as in she had very prolific, uh, what do they call it in French? Tits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but she's back on the telly. And I love that. Yeah, I do. Because I quite like her sensibility. Now, in real life, ATT. You're right, we would have to have the editors on board uh, because, I mean, I mean, I don't know if we've got the legal team for it, but more to the point, back to the ritual chat, something I haven't done for five years, and this will sound a bit ridiculous, but it makes sense to me, is where I'm from and my uh, intersection, I guess, between Irishness and Catholicism means that when there's a great passing within the family, the first year you don't celebrate Christmas. And so when my granddad passed away, didn't celebrate Christmas, and I, I haven't since. I haven't done Christmas for five years. And I tell you what, I don't fucking miss it. And so now it feels a bit like a ritual, like a moment in time. I mean, he didn't die around Christmas. He died in July. I just didn't feel like 
it was something I needed to do anymore. And then politically and ethically, you know, I'm very lucky. I don't want for anything in that way. You know, like, you know, when you're a kid, you feel like you want for things. Uh, you know, I'm not Catholic and it doesn't feel the same without him. So that feels like a ritual to me. But I'll tell you what, a Black Forest Gatto. Oh, I, I can't tell you the last time I had one of them. Maybe like 1995. Where do you buy a Black Forest Gatto nowadays? And that feels like a wonderful moment for us all to have a little bit of a breather. I know we're getting through them thick and fast today, but, you know, Debbie said there is a full sack there, hun, so you've got to get through it. Um, I have got a message here that one caller this week said they would love a live show, you and JRF both, but it would be the most heckled show in the history of all shows. <laughs> As if I'm going to let you cunts get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Listen, as we mentioned there in JRF's call, have you got a talent, please? I am sick and fucking tired of asking you lot to call up with a talent. We need some more calls for the end of season talent show because come on, we want to have a, we'll go out with a bang and have a good giggle so that when we come back in January, we can come back really depressed, okay? <laughs> So if you've got a talent or if you've heard anything on the show today that you would like to pick up the thread of, put your tuppence in or a new conversation that you'd like to start, all you've got to do is pick up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788 200 3420 and support us on the Patreon and get backstage access to more knobheads like you. And yes, join us over on the Patreon, please. Listen, how many times a month or a week do you listen to ATT? How many times a week in comparison to that Netflix fucking subscription that you've got going on do you listen to us? Now, think about it comparably, 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 should you be giving us a couple of quid? <laughs> I definitely think you should. I deserve a fucking drink out of the lot of ya. So it would be amazing. If you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. If you want to join us over on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. You can also find that link on our hashtag, hashtag after the tone POD, where we'd love you to join in the conversation with us and maybe give us a like and a follow on the Instagram or the Twitters. Now, I have been told that the second half of the show is basically a bit of a healthcare special with tips and tricks for navigating broken healthcare systems systems and uh, how to look after yourself uh, and I do want to let you know that it does include one call which describes having suicidal feelings so I'm just going to put that out there uh, but I am told it does include a story about what sounds like some kind of LA mafia spat don't ask me but first off she's back are you Scotty Babs are you the rest of the team it's Pauline again where have I been? Where have I been? Where have you been? Uh, well, I know where you've been. You've been on here, flapping your gums, acting the giddy goat all the time. Where? What have I been doing? I'm sorry, I'm like one of those ants, you know, you don't see them for about a decade, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, they just pop up with a box of roses, have a cup of tea, and then they disappear for years. She might be dead, she might be living in Tenerife, you just don't know with me. But what I have been doing is, I've been adopting jug dogs to ease my crippling loneliness over the uh well the dark winter months really <gasps> sound like tina turner well i won't be entering into the talent contest then shall i now i thought you being a 90s aficionado would say something like either oh i don't know m people or maybe eternal 
See, look, two more I could have done. I could have done Heather Small or, uh, oh, Louise Redknapp. Let's go round again. I know you fancy a bit of that. Oh, you're going to starve now. I'm not going to give you anything. None of my talents. None of my performances. There, how do you feel about that? Oh, taking umbrage, are we? Look at that pooling. Where where have you been? You're so accusatory. No, I'm asking you, where have you been? Now, I must confess, because of that very thick accent of yours, um, I thought you said you like one of those ants that keep popping up. And I thought, I don't understand the analogy. And then the more it went on, I think, I thought, I was like, oh, no, she means aunts. Listen, aunts. Look at me trying to tell people I like to say things properly and I can't even fucking speak myself. I'm going to have to look up what a jug dog is. I ain't got a fucking clue. Jug dog. Oh, you're collecting them. 220 quid for some ceramic dogs. Are you fucking for real? Listen, Pauline, you sound like you're fucking loaded. Give us a tenner. Hi, Scotty, and the rest of the team and everyone at the pub. I'll go by the nickname you gave me, Miriam. In response to Debs, I'm so sorry how you've been treated. Oh, it boils my piss. I'm so sorry. I've been there and it's happening too much. I just wanted to share things that I've done in the past to challenge being treated like that. There are guidelines that they, you know, surgeons and doctors and medical practitioners have to follow. It's that they must treat patients fairly and without discrimination. They must not refuse or delay treatment because they believe that a patient's actions or lifestyle have contributed to their condition. So what I've done in the past, if I've been refused something based on um, the prerequisite that I lose weight, I've written to the practitioner and I've copied in um, the patient advice and liaison service and I've just asked them to respond to me to explain why intentional weight loss is a prerequisite to me accessing treatment that I need in order to and then list you know why you need the treatment why they would ordinarily give that treatment to a thin person and tell them that you believe they are delaying it because of their perceptions of your actions and lifestyle and tell them that it's against the GMC guidelines and then wait for a response. Because the problem is this has become a bit of a behaviour in healthcare and it's spreading across all different departments of medicine and surgery and it's dangerous and I think it needs to be documented. But again, I appreciate that it's not easy to do that and I'm really, really sorry that it's happened to you. It shouldn't be happening to anybody also wanted to respond to Scotty's points about the mental health system and how it's all working and I couldn't agree more. Everything's falling back to the voluntary sector. They think that the working class has this community that we used to have, you know, back in the 90s. We don't because we're always displaced. But there are non-profit organisations out there who can help with mental health. So if anyone is struggling, email your local voluntary centre and just ask for details of mental health charities because you might be surprised what's available. Love you. Bye. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Do you know what I fucking love? It's like people who've got the fucking receipts who are like, oh, sorry, you don't want to do that thing. Well, here is the fucking law. Here is it written down on a piece of paper. You have to do it. Yes to the receipts. Yes to the receipts. Yes to the receipts. Hi, Scotty. It's Holly calling from North Carolina, of course. I'm just calling because call about, you know, telling people to fuck off when you're fat and they want to give 
their opinions on your body and I just wanted to you know echo that yes 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 a thousand times yes and also like tell your doctor to fuck off I know I'm in the states so things are a bit different but I've had doctors offer me medical care and and you know like I mentioned before I'm adjacent to the profession in some ways and so I've been able to be like I don't actually need that and because I'm in the states that thing that you're trying to charge me money to give me that's not the care that I need right now or I am you know I've had moments where I have been able to say like yes I realize that maybe that's the course of action that you were taught in medical school but that's not the course of action that's going to work in my life for you know like xyz reason and I realize that I am in, you know, such a privileged position to be able to do that. Um, I know that, you know, when uh, you're not close to the profession, it can seem like they know everything and you just have to do what they say. But it, it's always an option. You know, doctors are trained to not have their authority questioned. But, uh, you know, most of them, in my experience, again, privileged, have responded well when I've done it. So. Don't be afraid to tell a doctor to fuck off. Don't be afraid to tell anyone in authority to fuck off if it's not the right choice for you. Like ultimately their job is is to make sure that you are on a health regime that's going to work for you. You don't know anyone anything. It's your body, your choice. And with something like the surgery, a doctor I think would tell you there are risks associated with weight and anesthesia, but like ultimately those are risks that you get to decide if you want to take on. Like you know, I see no problem being fat and getting boobs. Like the risks increase marginally. And so they do. And if you're aware of that, then you can make an adult decision because ultimately you are the adult. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Amazing. Amazing chat there. Holly in North Carolina. Do you know what? Quickly becoming one of my faves. Oh yeah. I've got favorites. Don't you worry. I love that you've got an insight into this world. As you've mentioned before, you've kind of got a foot into part of this world you know it well enough and um, so it's really helpful but it's also really helpful to get perspective the other side of the pond because what I was thinking here about this call and the previous one was about medical capitalism and the effect that framework has on both what you're talking about and what our previous caller was talking about because I guess here there is only a certain amount of funding available for people who are wanting to use the National Health Service and so I wonder if some of these um, shorthands and these fat phobias that we're experiencing are ways in which numbers are limited. I, and this is definitely a question. It's, it's pure fit, like me thinking on my feet. I don't know if this be true. But whether or not some of that fat phobia is about numbers and cost and waiting times and all of that stuff. And that's not to detract from the fat phobia because it's still fucking there. But I wonder if some of those decisions or of that strategy has been informed by lack of funding. But then on the other side of the pond, we're seeing that actually there's capital gain for certain individuals within medical healthcare because of privatisation that actually they want to sell you. So what I'm sat here being like, oh my God, like again, this kind of flux that we're existing as fat people of being sold something, you know, our fatness when it has a value will be sold too. But our fatness when it has a quote unquote, you know, a debt or a, a cost to the taxpayer prevents us. I don't know if I'm being articulate here, but there's, it's a very new thought. Hmm. I'm going to sit with this for a while. Hi, Scotty. 
it's Toby and I wanted to talk about mental health support in the UK. So I'm still waiting for a mental health crisis referral from June 2020. I'm okay. I'm in in an okay place now. But I would have benefited from it at that point. I was lucky at the time with who I was working for. I I managed to get counselling sessions through them and that really kind of helped when I needed it. But if I didn't have that, I I don't really want to think of how I might have not coped. I've got ADHD. I've, I was diagnosed, um, the age of like seven or eight, but my parents made a choice not to medicate me for that. Up until last year, I have, I had coping mechanisms in place and then the pandemic happened and all of my triggers have been pulled and all my coping mechanisms have fucking fallen apart. I was actually talking to JRF this morning and I showed them my desk my work desk which is covered in piles of paper and unopened letters and wires and pens and my pillbox deodorant and water and a jock strap but that's kind of just i'm unable to tackle it i'm just unable to tackle it and usually i'd be able to do that i'm just i'm struggling so i decided to go to a gp yesterday to speak about that to say um I'm struggling at the moment. I'd like to see what uh, my options are for support. And she said, well, yeah, there's a three-year waiting list. So it's maybe going to be a year or so until I can kind of get some support through that. And I'm just really struggling with it. Toby, it seems like we've caught you at a difficult time, but thank you so much for sharing it with the room. You know, we always talk about that. It's a place to share, just kind of put something out there. God, waiting times are fucking dickheads, aren't they? And particularly because of everything that we've gone through, you know, I won't mention the C word for once. Yeah, just feels like the world is a really difficult place. But I'm glad to know that you're in chats with our in-house nana, JRF. Oh, she's a good egg, isn't she? And just in reference to that table and like wanting to tackle it and getting it sorted... I think sometimes we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be well, to be um, organised, to try and live neurotypical lives. And it's all right if that sort of mess exists and you know at some point you're going to get round to it and do it in a little bit. Sometimes when I'm in that headspace, I'm just like, I'm just going to look at the space and the things that need to be washed are the things that I'm going to take out or I look at it and I think like the things that uh, need to be opened are the letters that I will deal with today you know compartmentalize I find as a really useful way of um, navigating piles and piles listen lovely I am glad you have got Nana on your side and you are, are talking and chatting and thank you for coming into the room and giving us a very honest look at what's going on for you Hi, Scotty, producer Deb, uh, Kat, Tim Meyer. Um, it's Lauren calling from Melbourne again. How's everyone doing? How's everyone at the pub? I'm a week behind, so I'm just listening to um, Fatness is a Choice episode. It's brilliant. And I am shouting out to Spooky Scouser. I called up um, a while ago and also came out with um as a type 1 diabetic and as someone who's also suffered from um eating disorders it's the most horrendous thing because now you have to count your carbs and you have to watch what you eat and your body gets fat and swollen from the insulin and because obviously you can put weight on quite easily everything's more at risk so i just want to let you know that um 
I know exactly what you're going through and the mental strain of this disease is absolutely horrendous. Um, I, I honestly, I don't, I struggle sometimes to see people, you know, on the old IG stories um, talking about how well they're managing their diabetes because I just think I um, can't do this and I think, you know, I want to leave this earth because this vessel I've been given doesn't work properly. So, yeah, um, Spooky Scouser, I'm here with you. And if um, you want to touch base, you know, um, after the pub, then please do hit me up. Um, But, yeah, for anyone out there who um, struggles with this, um, yeah, it's a fucking shit show. and you are doing an amazing job and you are strong and you're brave and you can do it um and you're amazing and you're beautiful we're here for you um thanks team and uh yeah get us a gin and tonic will ya oh lovely lauren listen i heard you get quite sad towards the end of that call and i just want to say thank you so much you can have a fucking as many gin and tonics as you fucking like you'll have a double I tell you what, you're going to have a fucking double, if you like it or not. I just wanted to let you know, you're not broken. Your body and your vessel just works in a different way. And that feeling of brokenness is the bullshit that people have handed down to you. Particularly those people on Instagram stories. I can tell you, hand on heart, they're all fucking lying. They are absolute fucking liars. All of them. Oh, absolutely all of them. I've seen some of those people in real life when they're doing the story, you know, like sat there in their fucking pants, stinking of everything. And they're like, hi guys, this, that and the other. And they've got a fucking filter on it. They're all liars. They're absolutely all liars. So if that's anything we can take away, uh, if that appeases anything, it's just know that nobody knows how to do adulting. Nobody knows how to fucking do survival they love to fucking to pretend because when they pretend they get brands saying all right we'll pay you some money so you can pretend that this part of what we sell people is a part of how you survive it's all bollocks it's all capitalist bollocks so um listen i'm gonna get you a gin that's anti-capitalist i mean it might take me a while but lauren what beautiful thing to offer another person the spooky scouser in the room to say you're in solidarity and so this is me adding to that train and saying babes i'm in solidarity with you as well Hi, Scotty. Hi, Producer Deb. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maya. Hi, Kat. Hi, everybody. It's Providenza reporting from Los Angeles. Have I got some family business drama for you? So, okay, my family has a family business. It's a landscaping business. It's my dad. So recently, like about a year ago, they hired a guy named Anthony. And so Anthony and my brother one day we're having a conversation where Anthony said that the guys don't want to work on Saturdays, which was okay because nobody's obliged to work those. And then another day, one of the guys was like, hey, I need the other brick cutter. And my dad's like, oh yeah, no worries. Um, you know, it's over there. And the guy goes over there and it's gone. And they're like, that's really weird. Like what is going on? And so my dad tells my brother this. So my brother starts doing a little sleuthing and then online finds out that Anthony has a full ass business. And it turns out that he had been going out to estimates and 
telling people that he would do the job cheaper and that it wasn't actually that the guys didn't want to work Saturdays, but he was saying that they were doing jobs for my dad were really, they were doing jobs for him. Oh my God. And then my brother and my dad found out and they find out where Anthony is on one Saturday and they go to the job. They show up on the job. <gasps> Brother Danza. <laughs> this is like some Sopranos dynasty days of our lives shit and I'm totally here for it. Oh my God. Brother Danza, you can't just leave us there. You've got to tell us next week what happened next. Oh my God. I feel like this is the best cliffhanger we've ever, ever had on the show. <sighs> okay, I need to calm down. Thank you, Los Angeles. Our reporter, Brother Danza, there calling in. <gasps> <laughs> what a show. Wow, full of it this week. Can we just take into account that we have had calls from LA, Melbourne, North Carolina, Scotland, and me in sunny Salford. We have been all around the place, haven't we? How wonderful is that, that we can talk to each other via this thing, offer each other love and support on different corners of the globe. So yes, full of the joys of spring. Listen, if you've heard anything that you want to pick up on this week, please do pick up the WhatsApp, send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And yes, we would encourage you to join over on our Patreon there. You can have a look at some backstage gossip. And it sort of feels like we might do an IRL sort of mixed between an IRL slash a digital hangout. Because, of course, we are calling from around the world. So it will be lovely to um, see people in real time. Um, so if, if that is something that you want to do, get in contact with us. Let us know. Hashtag after the tone P-O-D. I just want to leave on some sort of final thoughts and just put this back into the room. It's something we've spoken about before, that after the tone isn't therapy. It's therapeutic. It's entertaining. It's soft. It's fun. We can't cure or solve anything, unfortunately. Um, but that also shouldn't be the expectation of it either, because anyone looking or needing to be signposted or to have support in more profound ways, you know, there are some great podcasts and resources and organisations near you that you should absolutely, definitely put yourself forward for and reach out to. You know, we're not afraid of the real chats and the real stuff over here, but I just think we need to be careful that you don't see me as some sort of mental health guru or a doctor or a therapist or someone that has the answers. You know, because far from it, actually. Um, I'm just somebody who is living alongside it at the same time. Uh, this isn't a space solely to talk about mental health survival, you know, or how to, um, you know, how to be sane, how to be happy, or how to live, how to survive. You know, I'm not qualified, and neither are you. And I guess what I wanted to say is that we're just all here attempting to live a life, aren't we? And whatever we get from hearing each other here each week is a bit of a gift. But I don't think therapy is the mission here. I think the aim is for us to hear, to listen, and to hear those who live, laugh, love, um, and who live, laugh, and love beyond our own backyard. And Because I tell you what, I mean, I think you're all doing brilliantly, but I think this is a space for listening. So until next week, keep listening. Leave your message after the
After the Tone is hosted by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Caprill. ATT is a Debbie's production production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.